For those, again, uh, to our guests, we're, we're on the third lesson of a series that we're doing from the book of Galatians. Um, it's on the theme from the book of Galatians, uh, called about, and, and the title is Identify Yourself. And the theme from Paul trying to teach uh, the, the, the churches in the region of Galatia to not let anyone steal their true identity, to, to not let anyone to come in and add to their identity or take it away. And that's what we're going to be continuing on. And as you can see from the slide there, true identity revealed. We're finally getting to that point because we've talked about false identities and how they mess us up and how they can hinder us and how they can uh, uh, hold us back. We've talked about how other people put these false identities on us. We've even talked about how we can put them on ourselves and uh, to, to, that we think they're protecting us and keeping us away from harm and, and shielding us from hardships or stuff. We talked about that the, God has an identity for us, and that's how we're—that's what we're going to be talking about today, because how we see ourselves, our what we see as our own identity, affects how we interact and act with one another, how we interact and act with God. We want to make sure that we got that on straight. Now, our theme passage came from Galatians chapter three, verses twenty-six through twenty-eight, which is kind of like you know it took Paul that long to get to his theme, but Amen. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There's not male or female. You're all one in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So in Christ Jesus, he says, he started it right out. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God. Our true identity is that we are children of God. And we're going to talk about this more, that this morning. Because I don't think many of us think of ourselves really as children of God. And I want us to really think about that and try to understand that. Now, you keep reading, you jump over to Galatians chapter 4. Because you know, Paul... When he wrote this out, he didn't break it up into chapters and verses and stuff. He was just writing a letter, right? So he's continuing on his thought. He says in chapter 4, there, verse 1, I am saying, what I'm saying is, as long as an heir is under age, he's no different than a slave, though he owns the whole estate. What he's saying is, is you know, it's like a kid who lives in the house, and they say, well, this is my house, and it ain't the kid's house. I'm sorry, teens, it, it ain't your house. It ain't your car, it ain't your food, it ain't your electricity. You basically don't have anything. All right, it all, it's all really your parents. Now you say this is my house and we say that, but that's what he's basically saying here. You know, it's when you're a kid, it's just like, it's just like you're a kid. You're like the, you know, the, the others there. You live there, you enjoy it, but it's really not yours yet. Verse 2, it says, The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by the father. Now, in chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, Paul, he, he says the guardian is the law. Okay, the Old, Test, the Old Testament law, the, the law of Moses, as we call it. He says that's the guardian, and it was never meant to bring you know, uh, sonship or, or to, to, to bring that, that relationship. It was there just to watch over the people until that time came. Now you can go back and read that in chapter 3 if you want to, but we're going to continue on right now in verse 3. 
He said, so also when you were, uh, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental, elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the time uh, or the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So what he's basically saying here is this, this process of becoming a child of God, it all centers on Jesus. Keep going with me, verse 6, because this, this verse is going to blow your mind, because it blew my mind this week as I really dug into it. He says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Now, there's a lot said about this phrase and this verse. And I know that we get to talking about this, and, you know, I've, I've heard the, the things about, well, Father, that's kind of the formal addressing, but the Abba, or the Abba, however you want to pronounce it, uh, that's more of the personal closeness, like saying Daddy or something like that. Challenge is, is the more I dug into that, I, that's not what I found. What I found, though, was something much more profound. And what he says here, he says, the Spirit, he said, God... He said he sent the spirit of his son into their hearts. Okay? His spirit, that spirit, the spirit of Jesus is the one that's crying out of our father. So it's, it's, it's basically saying like in our lives, in the physical world we know and understand, uh, I can't just take my spirit and send it into someone. And say, you are now mine. Now, I, we can adopt, and we use this phrase adopted, and he uses it because there's really no other term to really use. And we can say, I love you just like you were my own biological child. And, and, and that would be true and right. And many people do that. But I can't place my spirit into that person. And what he's telling us here, he says, what God says is, I can put my spirit in you. And you're not just mine legally now. You're mine because my spirit is in you. The spirit of my son, that spirit. And the term Abba, Father, the, the Abba is actually meaning actually that, that, that actual relation son. Not just this is my son because I've adopted, but the actual physical relation. Abba, that's what that term means. And God says, I am making you my actual physical relation by sending my spirit into you. It's not just, oh, God adopted us all. Aren't we all here? Great. It was God says, no, you're actually physically my relation now. And he goes on, he says, so you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are God's child, God has made you an heir because you're physically now, spirit, not spiritually in this, really a child of God. And God says, just like so many parents, I have an inheritance for you. This past week, uh, I, I went down to visit the, the, our family property down in Texas and stuff. My mother passed away uh, late last year. It's taken that long to, to sell the property and to do all of that. And there's an inheritance coming. It's not huge. Okay? They, they weren't rich people. 
But this is what they wanted to do. This is what they wanted to give their children. There's an inheritance. Why? Because it's, it's our parents. And they wrote the will out, and this goes to you. And that's what he's saying. He's going, guys, God goes, I've got something I want you to have because you're mine. You're a part of me. Paul said this also in the, in the book of Romans. Very, very similar statement because he wanted so many people to know about it. But let's read the one in Romans. Uh, you see it there. It's chapter 8, verse 14. He's going to say kind of the same thing. He says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now, the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. And by Him, by that Spirit, because of that Spirit, we can say, Abba, Father. And again, that translation would be, we can say, I'm actually related now to God, the creator of the universe. I'm not just in God's club. I'm not just in God's church. I'm actually related to Him. It says the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we're God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. Now here's the thing, gang. The focus of everything we're talking about right here is us. Our identity. A lot of times we talk about Father. God the Father. And that's good and that's right. Okay, and we sing songs that mention God the Father. But that focuses in on him, his identity. And his role as father. But what I want us to really think about is our role as an actual child. Relation to God. Do you really see yourself as a son and a daughter of the king of the universe? Of the creator? Because remember how I see myself. My identity. It affects how I act and how I react. How I live. If you call yourself a Christian, if you see yourself, I'm a Christian, you act a certain way. Perhaps if you call yourself a disciple, that has a little different meaning to it, a little different connotation. So you see yourself as a disciple, that's how I identify myself. Then you would act a certain way. But if you really see yourself as a child of God, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with seeing yourself like a Christian or disciple or anything, I'm not... You say, how I identify myself will affect and act a certain way. Do I see myself as God's actual child? How do you really see yourself? Now, I got this picture here of a kid. This is not my grandson, but my grandson has kind of a costume that way. It's a costume of what? <laughs> Captain America. Is that Captain America? That's a kid dressed up as Captain America. We all know that. We all see that. You know how that kid sees himself, how he sees himself right now in his head? He sees himself like this. That's how he sees himself. <laughs> My grandson, when he dresses, he thinks he's the Flash. He thinks he can run faster than we can see. He thinks he's really Captain America. 
Because how you see yourself, that's how you act. That's how you carry yourself. Do you see yourself as a child of God? God's kid carrying the family name having all the rights and the privileges of the family. I'm representing the family here on earth. I'm actually, I'm not just God's servant. I'm his kid. Now the reality of life, we're more like that first kid. We're not all that special. But because God says, no, I will send my spirit into you. And because of that, now you are that special. You are Captain America. Even more than that, you are God's child. With all the rights, powers, and privileges. Do you see yourself that way? Your true identity is you're a child of God. Now, Satan's lie is you're a victim of your circumstances and past. But your true identity is you're God's child. John, the, 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 the apostle, loved this concept. And as he, he wrote in his, in his uh, gospel, the gospel of John, he's just starting out. You know, he didn't get, get Jesus going yet. He's just kind of doing his introductory remarks there in verses 9 through 13. He says... The true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't recognize him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, or even of a human's decision, or a father's will, but born of God. Now, I looked up that word, the, the right. You know, look it up there in your blue letter Bible. You try to find, what does that mean? Because sometimes we use, you know, we say, everyone has the right to free health care. Does everybody have free health care? No. We, sometimes we use that term, the right, for whatever reason. You know, well, you have the right. That don't mean you get it. But this one's different. This is more of the right, meaning the power. You have the power of authority. It's more like when, I don't know, you see it on television, CSI or, you know, Criminal Minds or whatever, some of those shows, and they come and they say, I've got a, a, a thing right here that says I've got the right to come into your house and search it. And what do they do? Boom! They just come in and take over. That's because they've got the power of the authority now to go do whatever they want to do. That's what this is. He says, Jesus gave to those who, who believe in him, who, who come to him, the right, the power of authority to become children of God. I'm not a victim of my environment. I'm not a victim of my heritage. I'm no longer a slave to my past. I am the child of a king. Because of Jesus, I have the power and the authority to do that and to be free from my past. I have the power to be called a child of God. And it's not just relationship, it's rank as well. 
John keeps talking about this. I mean, later in his life, he's an old man, you know, he's on the Isle of Patmos. So he, he, he writes these letters. We call them 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, right? But he still has not lost this imagery. And so in 1st John chapter 3, he writes, See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Now, he didn't say, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we get forgiveness of our sins. He didn't say that. Although that would be awesome, and it is awesome. But what he said is, and see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is because they don't know him. And we're his kids. That's basically what he's saying. Dear friend, now we are children of God. What we will be has not yet been made known, but we do know that when Christ appears, we're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. We need to see ourselves as a child of God and live as children of God. Now the thing is, is we don't know exactly what all of that means. I mean, even John says here, he says, what, we'll, what we will be has not been made known. I mean, we're, we're child of God, we're children of God. God has left a lot to our imagination, right? What will heaven be like? We did a whole sermon series on what will heaven be like. I gave you what my thought is, but, you know, I may, God may go, and that's a good try, pal, but you were way off. I don't know. We don't know. He's left so much to our imagination. Well, my body, when my, my resurrected body, right? We've talked about this. Do, which one do I get? Do I get the one I got now? Because I'd go for the one anywhere between 18 and 25, God. That was a, those were good years for the body part there, you know. But, uh, and, and, or, or which one? You know, somebody said, I want, you know, my wife goes, I want to live to be 100. And I'm going, but I don't want to die and be stuck with that body for all eternity. Just Because <laughs> I've seen a 100-year-old body. They're, they're not that great. Which one will we get? I don't know. He says, what we will be has not been made known. He says, there's enough, though, it, it kind of fuels our imagination. He says, now, we do know that when Christ appears, we'll be like him. So that must be pretty good. Because we're co-heirs with him. And he says, when Christ appears, we're going to be appears, we're going to be like him. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that refers to our physical bodies. We're going to be like his. It might mean that. It could be like... Just that spirit of Jesus, that oneness with the Father that he seemed to enjoy. I, I don't know if it means all of that. I do know this, though. When life is hard, when life is tough, when you're struggling with your health, or maybe your job or your finances, or, or things are happening in your family, when you can't seem to get a handle on your emotions, when you can't seem to make a logical sense of things when they don't seem to turn out fair and good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people and all that happens, take a few moments to imagine. Imagine what it'll be like as God's child. Because as God's child, you've got that right. You've got that power. You've got that authority. Because that is what we are. That's what, that's what John said. Children of God. That's what we are, he says, as if we can't believe it. Because it is sometimes hard to grasp. So even John goes, we're children of God. And that's what we are, guys. See how great love God lavished on us. He said, you get to be my children. And imagine what it will be like 
and draw strength from that. Draw courage from that. Draw faith from that. When this world and this life is beating you down. Because contrary to what many, I don't know, modern day evangelicals may tell you, life will not always go your way. God will not always bless you with everything you want, when you want it, how you want it, and as much as you want it. Yet as a child of God, we can rejoice in that I am a child of God, and I am an heir of God, and a co-heir with Christ. I've got an inheritance. As a matter of fact, Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, put it like this. He said, praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth, okay, a new life, a new family, a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance. What kind of inheritance? It's an inheritance that will never perish, never spoil. It will never fade. This inheritance, he says, is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed at the last time. Take courage from that, because I'm a child of God. It's not just God the Father, it's Tracy the Son. I mean, we say God the Father, Jesus the Son, yes. But it's Joe the Son. It's Hannah the daughter. Fill in your name. You're co-heirs with Christ. Identify yourself. Get that identity revealed and don't ever let it be a secret identity. Say, I am a child of God. I know it. I live it. I love it. Christ is a child of God. I am a child of God. And I'm an heir and a co-heir with Him. You cannot take it away from me. No one can steal it away from me. And I will not give it away. Amen. It is an inheritance that will never perish. It will never spoil. It will never fade. It is there guarded and shielded and protected by God Himself. And with this identity, I will live a life of a child. Live a life of the child almighty. How do I do that? You've got to come back next week. We're going to talk about that then. <laughs> but right now, let's get the heart and let's get the position. We'll get the life next week. Amen. I am a child of God. I know it. I live it. I love it.